Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Our guest for today's episode is my sweet friend, Taja Harmony. Now, if you've been around the Girls' Night podcast for a while now, you've met Taja. She's been on the show before, and I'm so happy to have her back. Aside from being one of my very favorite friends, she's an amazing lifestyle photographer, and she recently became a podcaster herself. I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time now because this is a topic I have been learning so much about recently. Today's episode is a nice girl's guide to speaking up for yourself, a conversation full of lessons I've been learning the hard way for how to take up the space that's ours in the world, how to advocate for ourselves, and how to do so without feeling needy or feeling like a jerk in the process. Now, I feel like I have to give you guys a warning before we dive in. This is a bit of a messy episode for me. It really is. These are some things that I really, really, really struggle with, as you'll get to hear in a second. These are things I've been working on a lot in my life over the last few years. So this isn't something that's totally buttoned up and in the past for me. This is a present struggle I'm still working through. But I know I'm not alone in that, and so I'm really excited to have you join me and Taja as we talk through this together. And truly, I would love to hear from you as you're listening to this episode. I'd love to hear if this is something that you struggle with too. And if it is, I'd love to hear some things that have helped you along the way. Come find me on Instagram and let me know. I'm at Esme Wilson over on Instagram, and I can't wait to talk more about this. All right, friend, you ready? Here's my conversation with Taja. All right, friends, I'm sitting here with my dear real life friend, Taja Harmony. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Taja, thank you for being here, friend. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. We have real life girls nights as often as we possibly can. And so um, we're definitely like not eating as good of food currently as we normally do when we're together. Uh, But I'm I'm drinking coffee. Are you drinking coffee? I am for sure drinking coffee. Do you know me? (laughs) Yes. Tasha's always drinking coffee. Um, And one, I feel like this is so random, but Tasha has like a million different really cute mugs, usually from anthropology. And she has like coffee rituals. Like there's a way to pour it. There's different. Don't you have different mugs for when different friends are over? Did I make that up? Oh my gosh, I actually do. I have certain mugs for certain friends. And then also I feel like the most stressful moment of my life is figuring out what coffee cup I'm going to drink out that morning because I feel like it sets the rest of the day. That is hilarious. I love this about you though. You are such a space creator. You're such a, um, I feel like you rest really well. You create spaces for people to be and breathe. And I just love that about you, but that's who you are in friendship too. So I'm so excited to have you here. So now that everyone knows your unique mug tendencies, (laughs) um, Tasha, tell us who you are, what you do in a fun fact. So my name is Taja Harmony, and I am a lifestyle photographer and podcaster. Um, With photography, I tell stories. Um, Through lifestyle photography, I get to tell these fleeting moment stories, which I absolutely love. And with podcasting, I get to converse with other creatives so that we can figure out ways to live creatively healthy so that we can bring our very best to the table. I love that. Love that. I've gotten to be there as Tasha has been dreaming up this podcast and it is so cool and such a great topic. And um, I just love that you're doing this, friend. Um, So, okay, before we dive into everything else, give us your fun fact. Other than your mug thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know I kind of already gave one away. Um, but a fun fact about me is that I actually started college as a music major and I wanted to go to art school. And when I went to go and apply at art school, they wouldn't allow me in. Like they were like, you have no por- portfolio. You've never taken an art class or anything like that. And so I actually showed up to the dean's office every single day. And so they allowed me into art school. I was literally like a charity case in this situation, but I was just stu- so stubborn and I really wanted to be in it. Uh, so you basically pulled a Bob Goff getting into law school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is amazing. How many days did it take? Like, what did you say? Like, I really want to do this. I'm still yes. here. I'll sleep here if I need to. What, how did that go? Pretty much. I went every day. It was over a week and I didn't even know like what it was. I just knew that I really liked Photoshop and I was like, I want to do the major that's Photoshop. And he was just like, you mean graphic design? Like you cannot, like I could, I didn't even know the right terminology or anything like that. And so I had nothing to show him except for the fact that I just had enough stubbornness that he eventually let me in. That is amazing. I don't even think I knew that about you. I, that... I love that. That's a great fun fact. <laughs> so Tasha, I'm so happy to have you here today. We, I love what we're going to be talking about today. This is something that has been so important in my life. It's been this thing that I've had to learn the hard way in a lot of ways. Yeah, It's yeah. something I've been talking about in counseling a lot. That's how big of a thing this is for me. And what we're talking about today is how to speak up for ourselves, mm-hmm. how to know where our boundaries are and how to keep our boundaries, because that's really hard for a lot of us. Uh, you and I were at dinner a while ago, and we were in this situation where you and I were really excited to have a dinner, just you and I. We were really tired. We needed some time to recoup and rest. And we hadn't, I mean, we don't get to see each other all that often because we live in totally different states. So it was so fun that we had this dinner together. Well, all of a sudden we're sitting at dinner and this other person invited us to join them at their table for dinner. And it was so kind of them to ask us, But the truth was, we really just wanted to have dinner together. And I remember standing there at their table. I had just gone over to say hi. And they said, hey, like, come pull up a chair. And I said, no. And I didn't give the real reason that I didn't want to. I said, oh, wait, I don't want to... I don't want to put the server out. I don't want to make it complicated. There's not enough room. And they were really insistent. They said, like, no, pull up a chair. And so I got us basically stuck. Like I didn't stand up for what we wanted in that moment. And so then you and I ended up having dinner with them. And while it was totally fine, you and I left that day thinking like, we just really, we didn't get what we wanted in that moment. And we didn't Mm. get what we wanted because we didn't say what we wanted. And I remember that started this whole like weekend long conversation between the two of us where we really talked a lot about standing up for ourselves, speaking up for ourselves, saying yes to things, confidently saying no to things and how we've been learning that in our own lives and moments when we've done it well and moments when we've done it really poorly, kind of like that example. And so that's, I loved our conversation so much. I really wished that we could have just recorded it, but I wasn't thinking, I had no idea we were going to have such a great conversation about it. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show um, so that we could really talk through this together. And so before we dive in, I want to say there are probably some women listening who don't struggle with this at all. Mm. I have a lot of friends who have no problem saying what they need or what they want, speaking up for themselves, standing up for themselves. And if that's you, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you and I'm learning from you every day. But this really is such a thing for me. This is something that's caused me a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, something that I spend lots of time like worrying and fretting over and something I've been talking about in counseling for like years just because it really, I think 
the idea of saying no or setting boundaries brings up some like core fears in me, um, some core doubts. It really is something that I've had to really practice. And so before we dive in, Taja and I are each going to share, we've talked about this, we're each going to share a couple examples of times we've been in a situation where we needed to say what we wanted or what we needed, whether it was a big story, like sometimes they're big situations, sometimes they're small ones, um, sometimes the stakes are really high, sometimes they're low. So we're going to share those. But before we dive in, I just want to talk about this for a second. I just want to talk about why, why this is important. Mm. Because the idea of saying yes or saying no sounds like pretty innocuous. Like who really cares? It's not that big of a deal. Sometimes it's um, like one of my favorite examples, which we'll probably talk about this, is when your food is delivered at your table, like if it's wrong, do you, like, do you send it back? Or do you ask for it to be corrected? If you order something at Starbucks and your order comes out totally wrong, do you say something or do you just drink the wrong order? That seems like a really small thing, but I think it's one, that is a big deal in a lot of ways, and it it can be a bigger deal in a lot of ways. So I made kind of a list. I told you this is a huge topic for me, and I've been thinking about this for days and weeks and months and really years. <laughs> but I think this is important because when we don't stand up for ourselves in small ways, it's so much harder to do it in big ways. Yes. And the inverse is also true. Like when we practice standing up for ourselves and speaking up for ourselves in small ways, that helps us do it in bigger ways too. I think when we invalidate our voices or our opinions enough times, we start to forget that they matter. Mm -hmm. When we don't take care of ourselves and we push our needs to the side long enough, we won't be able to take care of anyone else's needs. And even if we are still able, we'll feel really drained and resentful in the process. For sure. Yeah. When we don't speak up for ourselves, we find ourselves wasting time or energy or money or resources on things we shouldn't. And sometimes this isn't a big deal, you know, like ordering a Starbucks and having it not be right. But sometimes this can be a really big deal. And sometimes it's a lot of money or a lot of time and we're spending it in the wrong places. Or, uh, But then on a bigger scale, when we don't take the time to know what we need and want and stand up for what we need and want, we can find ourselves wasting time and money and resources in gigantic ways. So maybe this is like time with people we love. Um, I've talked to this or talked to my, some of my girlfriends who have kids about this a lot, where they've had to really set some hard boundaries so that they actually have time with their babies. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of knowing yourself, knowing what you need, knowing what your family needs and standing up for it. And then the last thing, man, there are just a million. I think that for me, I've always felt like by not saying what I need and not speaking up for myself, I'm saving the relationship. But the thing is that when we keep our thoughts and our opinions and our feelings down long enough, we start to feel resentful and resentment kills way more marriages and relationships than a disagreement ever could. So in an effort to preserve someone else's feelings and to preserve the relationship, we're keeping ourselves quiet, but really that, that silence creates resentment and that drives an even bigger wedge between us. So those are all like tons of reasons that it's so important that I've learned in my life to speak up for ourselves. Sometimes it's a big cost. Sometimes it's a small cost, but sometimes those small costs really add up in a huge way. And so Taja, I know that you've come with a couple stories of times when you had to speak up and stand up for yourself. And sometimes I feel like we've done it right. And sometimes we haven't said anything. And so um, I would love to hear just your first example of a time that you have had to do this. I love that. Um, One of the things that I wanted to mention that you were talking about earlier was um, how 
there are times that are, there are some people who are totally fine with standing up for themselves. And I would actually say that I'm a person that is okay with standing up for myself most of the time. So much so that I use the example of not getting into art school that I stubbornly went every day until I could get into art school. But there's also times that I totally keep quiet and I am too embarrassed to like speak up for myself. And actually I mentioned this to Stephanie a little while ago, a few days ago, I went to go and get a pedicure, which is a huge deal for me because I don't do things like that. So if I'm taking 30 minutes out of my day to do something nice for myself, it is a big deal. And the very first question the guy asked me, he's like, is the water warm enough? And I said, yes. However, the water was freezing and I hate the cold. And so I sat there for 30 minutes with my feet in cold water, having cold feet, not telling him that I wish that it was warmer. And so the whole time I sat there just being like, I really wish the water was warmer and I didn't say anything. That is so, okay, first of all, that pedicure thing happened to me like seriously two weeks ago. And she asked, the woman asked me, she was so wonderful. She was like, is the water warm enough? And at first, and it definitely wasn't. And so at first I like had that moment where I was like, am I going to say something? And I decided, yes, I'm going to say something. So I said, actually, can we make it a little bit warmer? And she did, but it still wasn't warm enough. And so then she asked me again and I just lied. And I just said, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and I Like Taja, why do we do this? I have no idea. I think it has to do a lot with like not wanting to make the other person feel inconvenient, which is insane because that's also like their job and their whole, when you're in the service industry, I also work in the service industry. And so it's like my whole purpose of being there is to make sure you're leaving with exactly what you want. And for some reason, if a client tells me anything, I am like there a hundred percent. Like, I'm like, I'm so glad that you told me about this now. So, cause I couldn't fix it later, but I am still on the other side of it in the service situation and just being like, oh, I don't want to be a bother or inconvenience. So I'm just going to sit here and smile. Yes, I, I do that a lot. And it's something that I've been like really working on. You and I talked about this. I like, so I was right in the middle of learning this the hard way. This was like right at the beginning when I was learning about how to speak up for myself. Carl and I went to this food truck park that was near our house. And I, you know, we had just had dinner and it was like a summer night and we decided to get milkshakes and the milkshakes were like ridiculously expensive. I can't remember how much they were, but it was like, whoa, we're going to pay that for a milkshake. Like it was like maybe $10 or something like that. Like that's a pricey milkshake, but we were like, you know, we want to support this business and you know, we're here, we're having a fun date night. And so Carl ordered maybe an ice cream cone and I ordered a milkshake And so the guy who's there says, you know, I'm just filling in for a friend and he hands me a milkshake. He says, if this is bad, you need to tell me because I don't really know what I'm doing. So I take this $10 milkshake that I was so excited for and also like totally ashamed I just spent $10 on a milkshake. And I take a sip of it and it's basically slightly ice cream flavored milk. Like it was terrible. It was so bad. It wasn't even passable for a milkshake. And I mean, to be fair, he was like, I don't do this on a regular basis. I'm just filling in. And he asked me, like, tell me if this isn't good. And I looked at Carl and he asked me, he goes, like, how is it? And I was like, it's so bad. Like he needs to add so much more ice cream. And I said, 
will you tell him? And Carl looked at me and he just kind of laughed and folded his arms and he shook his head and he goes, <laughs> nope, if you want this to be corrected, you need to tell him. Because he knew that I was like learning how to stand up for myself and that I really needed to practice. And so I sat there forever. And I just, that's the decision I had in my in my hands. Was I going to waste $10? Like it was really undrinkable. Or was I going to inconvenience this guy? But you're right. He had asked me, like, give me feedback. I want this to be a good experience for you. I know you just gave me $10. I want to give you a great milkshake in in return. And so I ended up actually speaking up for myself. But actually, I did it again, where I spoke up for myself the first time. He fixed it, but it still didn't have enough ice cream in it. And I just gave up. And so I totally, like had a couple sips of a $10 milkshake and then I think I threw it away, um, which is terrible. <laughs> oh man. So I think that's my lesson is I need to speak up for myself twice because sometimes the first time isn't enough. And you're so right that people want to, people want to give a great experience. You know, we want to be good at our jobs and sometimes we just need a little bit of feedback. Oh, it's so true. One thing that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about Starbucks orders, and I will always make sure my Starbucks order is correct because they encourage in the Starbucks um, like mantra is to make sure that your order is correct. And so their whole thing is about being as consistent as possible. And so I've always kind of like knowing that, knowing that that's part of like their employee mantra, it makes me kind of feel like, hey, this is too sweet. Could I have another? And like that be like, okay. Just because I know it's part of their mantra kind of situation. Yeah. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but if you go to a place and you have a bad experience, like usually we won't go back again. Mm -hmm. And I think that as I know for me, like as a business owner, if someone has a bad experience, I would way rather have them tell me in the moment so that I could fix it so that then they will come back. And the cool thing is that a lot of times in the fixing it, that's an opportunity to connect more. That's an opportunity. Like I know that I've been to places where something's been wrong, but then the way that they fixed it made me totally fall in love with the place or the person, or, you know, I, it was such a good experience that I thought I'm coming back here a million times, but we don't really give people that chance when we don't speak up for ourselves. So anyway, you are totally not alone in that friend. I love that. Okay. So my first story is really one of the first things I talked about in counseling. And this will give you guys an idea of how like truly hard this was for me. So I had a friend's dad that I um, had seen in one context. We'd, I'd been at their house and I was going to see him again. It had been like maybe four months and I was about to see him again in just a few days. Well, he actually, the first time I saw him had recommended a book to me and he gave me a copy of the book. And then all of a sudden, and I sat on it, sat on it, like didn't read it, knew he was probably going to ask me about it, but kind of forgot about it because I just didn't have time to read it. And the other thing about it is that it was a kind of a thriller type book. And I don't know about, I know we all have kind of different thresholds for what we can handle, what our like brains and our hearts can handle, but I have the most tender heart. And reading something like that is not going to just be hard for me in the moment, but like I'll remember those stories or I'll remember that fear like for months and years to come afterwards. So I really try to kind of protect my brain from things that are scary because I just, it's really hard for me to let go of them. So he hands, he, he recommends this book to me and I take it feeling instantly stuck because I'm like, I shouldn't read this book. Like this book is not going to be good for my heart, but I wanted to connect with him and I wanted to have something to talk to him about. So I took the book. Well, anyway, I'm supposed to see him again in three days and I start panicking. 
I'm like, I need to read this book. He's going to ask me about this book. And I really felt like I had no other option other than to read it. And so what I ended up doing was I downloaded the Audible version because I thought that at least if I was going to read it, I could like, you know, pack for the trip or go to the gym or make dinner or something while I did it. And I downloaded the book, which was like, you know, $25 or something. And, um, I look at the the amount of time that it's going to take me to get through this book. And it was 27 hours. So instead of thinking like, this is crazy, I don't have time for this because I didn't, I had like a crazy next three days leading up to when I was going to see him. Instead of thinking like, this is totally crazy. One, this book is not going to be good for my heart. And two, I don't have 27 hours to devote to this. I'm just going to tell him I didn't read it. I started like scheming of how I could fit 27 hours of a book that was going to hurt me into my schedule into the 72 hours before I was going to see him. Well, luckily, I had a counseling appointment in the middle of that, and we really got to talk through it because this was really causing me to panic. And really, I think that what it came down to was the fact that I was so nervous about offending him or making him feel inconvenienced in some way, or I was afraid that he wasn't going to like me if I didn't read the book, or um, it was going to change his opinion of me to know that something like that was just going to be too hard for me to read. And I just didn't feel like I could speak up for myself and tell the truth that this isn't something I'd be interested in. I didn't like, I don't have time for it or the interest for it. I'm so sorry. I mean, there were so many ways that I could have gotten out of it, but instead of trying to get out of it, instead of trying to just tell him the truth, I wanted to completely, I wanted to make, instead of making him uncomfortable, I wanted to make myself like deeply uncomfortable for 27 full hours to avoid that moment, which is just crazy. And the thing that ended up happening was, you know, I talked about it with my amazing counselor long enough that she was like, Steph, I mean, I got to see how crazy that is, what a crazy idea that is. And she helped me figure out like how I was going to explain to him that I didn't read the book and why. Well, I get to see him and he literally has never asked about it since ever. Just completely (gasps) forgot about it. Totally forgot about it. So that's the thing is I think sometimes we are willing to bend ourselves so out of shape to say yes to something we don't want to do, something that's not good for us to spend our time or our money or our resources in a way that isn't best for us. And not only not best for us, but like detrimental to us. And a lot of times the person on the other end doesn't even care. Like it would have been a huge deal to me to do this, but it really wasn't like the juice wasn't worth the squeeze necessarily. He didn't really care that much. And there are circumstances in life where I feel like it's worth it for us to bend ourselves like totally out of shape for someone to really like go out of our way to serve someone. But that wasn't one of those moments that wasn't serving him. That was just having something to talk to him about for five minutes at dinner. And so I think that that really, it, gosh, it gave me so much to think about and brought up so many questions for me of like, why was I willing to do this? Why did I, why was it so hard for me to say no to? And I think really it came down to the fact that in some part of my heart, I was believing that if I said no to this, that like I was saying no to the relationship and saying no to me is, is really hard for me, whether it's like, do you want to come over for dinner or do you want to go to this concert with me? Or do you want to do whatever? It's hard for me to say no, because it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where we get out of that no without the relationship being broken. But what I got to really learn through that is that if a relationship is going to fall apart because you didn't read a book that someone recommended to you, like that's not a solid relationship to begin with. And also, yes, there are definitely times that we should 
go out of our way to take care of someone or serve someone or times when someone else's comfort is way more important than our own. But I think it's important for us to evaluate like whether this is actually really helping them and whether they would actually really want us to go through what we're going to go through, like just whether it's worth it. And I know that for him, if he had known what it was going to take for me to read this book, the amount of time I was going to have to do it in and how much it was going to be like hurt my heart, he never would have wanted me to read it in the first place. And I just, it was a real struggle for me. Has that ever happened to you? Like, does that make any sense? That makes so much sense. There's even been times like even with me listening to this, like this situation where if that's something that he's passionate about and then you almost like bend your way to be passionate about it too, then it's like going to be him constantly giving you more books. You know what I mean? (laughs) Instead of of you just telling your, telling him like, Hey, thank you so much for, for giving this to me. I tried to read it, but it was actually really hard for me to read. It actually builds your relationship up more because like that way you, you, he understands you and you have some kind of commonality in that sense. Yeah. You're like building a foundation of a relationship on something real instead of on something fake. You're not pretending to like something. And then it's like, how do I convince you that I'm so into like, or how do I tell you four years from now that I'm not really into, it wasn't a horror book, but you know, like that I'm not really into like terrifying literature. And I've now read, you know, 20 books that you've given me. And it just, the whole thing's built on a lie instead of on the truth. So true. So true. And like one of the things that um, in my uh, personal situation that happened to me is that I actually have a lot of social anxiety and it's something that I have grown so much with having. And so like that was something that used to almost be a crippling thing for me, but it's something that I have dealt and learned with that I can be in a lot of social situations and I feel fine. But I am always in situations where people will message me and randomly ask me out to coffee. And I have such a hard time with telling people no that I will just go and get coffee because I'm just like, what's the harm in spending an hour with someone else? And so there is this really sweet person who had sent me a message um, to go and get coffee. And it was also just a day that I was, I had just very low energy. Like I felt like I kept pouring out and I was just like, I don't want to make this person feel guilty. So I'm not going to cancel or reschedule. I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to go. I was just an hour out of my day and it can't be that bad. But it was one of those situations where we also just didn't really like click. So I'm just like sitting across from this person for an hour and it's almost like pulling teeth when really if I would have just delayed it or just kind of like said, you know, maybe not in this season of my life right now, it could have been a better situation. But I was just so worried about making this person feel uncomfortable that I made myself feel so uncomfortable. And it was just a lot of draining energy. And it made me upset also because I missed out on hanging out with my little brother that day too, which I would have just loved to do. I have like this sweet little brother who's 20 years younger than me. And it really put into perspective, like I said no to family and said yes to something that was like not the right situation. You know what I mean? Yes. I feel like that's something that I've been dealing with for a long, that's like another huge piece of this topic for me. Something that really put it in like I've dealt with that with coffee dates with like which friends do I invest in feeling like I want to be close to everybody and I want to have time for everybody and I want to invest in everybody and it's so stressful to not be able to do that something that like I love that you said that about getting to hang out with your little brother because I think that that's the thing that really like put this into perspective for me 
Um, so I am from Denver, as you guys have probably heard me say, but I live in Nashville. So in Denver, several of my best friends and my family all live there. And so when I go to Denver, it's actually really stressful for me. There are so many people I want to see and so many things I want to do. And there, it's not like so many people I want to get a quick coffee with. It's people that I want as much time as possible with. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a quick dinner with my dad. I want like days with my dad. But there's so many good, amazing people there that I want to spend time with that, yeah, it really, like, I get into a funk the couple weeks leading up because I'm so stressed out about how I'm going to see everybody I want to see. And when I go to Denver, there are also a lot of people that, like, people who I sort of know or acquaintances or people I would love to get to know better who also live there. And there have been a couple times when I've gone home when I've prioritized seeing those people, But the thing that I've gotten to see happen is that saying yes to those people is actually saying no to time with my dad or time with my sister or time with my best friends in the whole world. And I think that that experience of seeing, like, I have this many days, this many hours, and these people who are really the most important people to me, if I say yes to something else, I'm saying no to them. And so I've gotten like really specific about the way that I spend my time in Denver. Like, I cannot... I really, there are just so few people that I can see when I'm there because I just am not, I'm so selfish with the time with them. You know, I'm I'm like so jealous for the time with them. I want as much time with them as possible, but it really has taught me like you have a limited number of hours in the day and in the week and in your life. And some of those hours should be reserved for you. Like if you're feeling sick or you're feeling tired, they should be reserved for you or they should be reserved for your most important people. And I think the other thing that's been kind of helpful and it's, it's gotten, I've gotten to see it play out specifically in my relationships in Denver. My best friend, Kelsey talks about this. She talks about like tears of people Mm -hmm. and it feels so weird, especially for people that love relationships as much as we do to think of ranking your people. But I think it is really important to know what people you are most accountable to and which people really are your toughest, toughest, highest, highest, highest tier people so that we don't end up giving time away to people who are wonderful, but maybe who are top tier people for somebody else. Um, so we mm-hmm. don't miss time with your brother or my sister. And, and so I think that that's really been helpful for me is to know like, who is my actually, like actually top, top, top tier and being able to say that to myself or just saying it, say it to other people. Like I can't get coffee because I'm here for my sister's wedding and she is my top priority and every spare moment is going to her. People understand that, but I think sometimes we don't take the time to understand that. We don't take the time to really think through that. And so we end up doing things that we didn't necessarily want to do or have time to do or have the bandwidth to do. But I think that we that could change by us thinking through it a little bit. I agree with that 100%. And one thing about you and I, it's also a personality thing when it comes to spending time with people is that we are such a quality time like type of people. So one of my best friends, she could literally see 20 people in a day and spend like 15 minutes with them and just feel like very fulfilled. Like she's like, I'll get coffee with you. I'll have snack with you. I'll go walking the lakes with you. And like, she is just so good at doing that. And I would see that and I'm like, 
wow, like I need to be better at just spending a bunch of time with, with people. And I should just like take on more, more people, but I love just the actual quality. And so like, if I have you, I'm going to have you for hours and I want to spend, I want to spend time and just get to know all of the deepest parts of you and understand you and really, really catch up. And that's kind of like earlier, we're talking about the dinner situation. Like that was the reason why that was such a, a thing for us because like we just never really get to see each other. And we just wanted to spend like every minute with each other that we could. Yeah. Taja, do you have another example of a time when you've had to stand up for yourself or speak up for yourself? Um, I have um, one example that just kind of like actually sparked in my head when we were talking about things. And it was actually when I had a traditional nine to five job and I was working for the state and I was a like single female, which I feel like is important to know because a lot of the people who worked there, they had wives and families. And so when I would be at home, they would kind of contact me outside of business hours to work on things. And I didn't necessarily have boundaries because I didn't feel like I had a family, so I couldn't tell them no. Like I wasn't doing anything, so I was just kind of always on the clock. And so if they needed me to come in on a Saturday, if they needed me to come in um, after hours, stay longer, anything like that, I always said yes. And then it kind of got to the point where I was realizing that other people were spending time with their families and doing other things. And I was just like, hey, I should have a social life as well. And so when I finally was strong enough to like have a boundary, it was almost kind of like a double-edged sword situation because I was finally like, okay, like I'm going to tell them that I'm not going to work after hours and on the weekends, like I'll get to that tomorrow. Like, you know, like everyone else was doing. And it was kind of like, I had to retrain my boss to have him understand that. So it was like, I really had to like stand my ground with it. And, um, that's another thing that's hard too, is when you're finally like brave enough to set a boundary, um, especially in like a long relationship is that you have to like nurture and retrain that in a way. And, um, it's was so worth it. And it was good. We kind of had to sit down and talk and things like that. And he didn't really realize it, you know, like what he was doing, because it was just like, I just always said yes. So he didn't think that there was even a problem with it. And, um, a lot of times when you're thinking about setting boundaries, especially in long relationships, like for example, the bookstore that you were saying, if you're like, I'm 20 books in <laughs> and I have to tell you that I don't like thriller books. <laughs> it really helps you in, in these situations, like the person learn to love you better because it really is like you educate a person on how to treat you. And a lot of times we have to like reset those boundaries. And so that can be a, a lot of a journey and a lot of communication. You are so right. I love that you said that. It really is helping people love us better. And, you know, I was thinking about it, like really my fear in setting boundaries always is that the person is going to, I don't know, leave. Like, I think that we each have a different reason that this is hard for us. Like maybe it's, mm -hmm. we don't want to be the person that's high maintenance or, you know, we've been trained that to be low maintenance is like, the best thing you can be. Um, and for me, I feel like that a lot that I want to be as, as easy to be around and as low maintenance as possible. I think it's sometimes that we don't want people to think we can't handle something. We want to be really impressive. And so to, to set a boundary, it, you know, means that we can't do it and we don't ever want to show that. And so we're in this cycle of saying, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can. Um, I think there are different reasons for all of us. But the truth is that this is important and, and that people are not going to be as offended or as shocked or as put off or as inconvenienced or as, or they're not going to think we're weak. And if they do, like, 
that just says something so much deeper about the relationship. It just says something mm-hmm. like if your boss was totally put off and and mad by the fact that you were saying, I don't want to work on nights and weekends in a time when I'm not being paid to work, that's a bigger issue with the company culture, with your boss. That probably says that this isn't the right job for you. But I think that I just... I think a lot of times we blame ourselves. Like this means that I'm high maintenance. This means that I'm weak. This means whatever. And, and that's just not the case. It's really important for us to say what we need and it teaches people how to care for us. Yes. I love that. Especially the part about like teaching people how to, how to care for you. And so like, there's a lot of it where we're talking about being in situations of like in the, you know, in the service industry where it's just like our, we didn't like our drinks or we didn't like, um, our, uh, the food that we got or the, you know, the water's too cold or anything like that. And that's a very like different way. But if we can kind of like train ourselves to put up boundaries in those really small situations, like, you know, like really challenge yourself. If you don't like your food or if you would rather something else, just like in a little way, stand up for yourself. And then that way it can get you into those bigger ways that you can stand up for yourself when it comes to like deeper relationships or to your boss or anything like that. Um, and so it really is like, it's a, it's a baby step And like, no matter how confident and how good you get at it, you're still going to find yourself in situations where you're like, keeping quiet and being small and like not wanting to inconvenience anyone because we really never want to inconvenience and take up that much space. I love that you said take up that much space. That's something that Carl would say to me all the time when I was like totally in the thick of learning this. And I think that he said that in that milkshake situation. I think he he would always say like, Stephanie, take up space. Take up the space that is yours to take up. Take up space. And you're right. We just want to be small and we want to be like so agreeable and not too much work or, but we really, I think just find ourselves in like not getting what we want, not getting what we need, not having our needs met, it totally invalidating our voices. And so when it comes time that we actually need to speak up for something big, we can't because we just haven't tried and we haven't practiced. And the other thing is, I think that in, in my head always to say, Hey, like I ordered something totally different than what you gave me. Can we, can I send it back? Can we switch it out? I think I always thought that that was mean, but it's not mean. And we don't have to be a jerk or a diva about it. It's not about that. It's that it's a conversation. It's a, we're communicating and we're, it's, we, we think it has to be mean, but it, it doesn't. That's saying what you need is not mean. Those two are not the same. I agree with that so much. And I do think it's a little bit of a stigma that is maybe taught to us. Like when we're in situations and let's say that there's someone like when we watch a movie or like there's a situation where someone's sending the food back and it's almost like in an aggressive way. And like, we're naturally looking at that and being like, I wouldn't want to be that person. Like everyone looks so uncomfortable right now because this one person is unhappy. And I'm like, I don't want to be that person. So instead I just say nothing and I will take all of that negativity, all of that pressure, all of that like uncomfortable feeling. It's like, I will sit with that and I'll just pick at my food or pick at whatever and, um, and not really just say what I feel. And there is a way that you can say that you're, that you don't like something or that you're displeased with something or that this isn't right for you right now. And it not necessarily be coming off as like a negative, aggressive type of way. Yes. Sending your food back or swapping your drink out doesn't need to be like throwing it or pushing it off the table (laughs) or saying, this is the worst thing ever. Like you can gently say, Hey, this isn't actually what I ordered. It's like, can we switch it out? Or saying no to someone doesn't have to, you don't have to say, 
no, I don't like you. I don't want to be around you. It's, it's, that's not the truth. We can tell the truth of, you know what? I'm totally booked up right now. I would love to get to know you better. I'd love to spend time with you, but now it's just not a great time for me. Or I can't come to this, but I would love to see you in a different context. Or I'd, I'd love to do something else with you. Like there's so many different ways that we can say things that aren't actually mean. Hey friends, I want to take a quick pause from my conversation with Taja to thank our sponsor for this week. The Girls' Night Podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, and we have a brand new sponsor for today's episode. It's called Bolster Sleep Company. I was just talking with a girlfriend about this last night, but I am such a sleep person. My sleep is so important to me, and to be honest, I'm a bit of a wreck if I don't get enough of it. I've learned that over the years, and so I've learned to really start investing in my rest, in good sheets and good pillows and in my mattress, because having a wonderful place to rest really does allow me to live the rest of my life so much more fully. And that's why I love Bolster Sleep Company. A few months ago, Carl and I got a Bolster Sleep Company mattress, and I'm such a fan of it. We got a king-size mattress so the two of us can totally sprawl across it without, like, squishing each other. I don't know if you guys do that, too. And one of my favorite features of it is not only that it's so large, but also it really does keep us cool. It's not one of those all-foam mattresses that absorb heat, make you extra sweaty. Everything about the mattress is designed to be cooler and eco-friendly, and I love that too. So because I don't feel Carl moving around throughout the night, because I have space to spread out, and because the mattress helps me stay cool, I get such a great night's sleep these days. I wake up rested and refreshed and ready to go for the day, which makes such a big difference in every corner of my life. Friends, rest is important. We're doing big and wonderful things in the world, and I'm just convinced that we can do them so much better if we're well-rested. So that's why I love Bolster Sleep. Another reason I love them is because they have this really incredible mission. Bolster partners with Mission of Hope in Haiti to give scholarships. Education, we know, can make such a difference in all of our lives, but a lot of times education just isn't affordable. And that's why Bolster has jumped in to help. A portion of the proceeds from every mattress goes to paying for scholarships. I love that, isn't that amazing? Guys, to check out all of Bolster Sleep's products, head to bolstersleep.com. They have a 100-day risk-free trial, so you can check out their mattresses for yourself. And they also have all kinds of other things like adjustable beds, pregnancy pillows, and more. And of course, they have a promo code just for our Girls' Night listeners. For 10% off, all you have to do is go to bolstersleep.com. That's B-O-L-S-T-E-R sleep.com and use the promo code Girls' Night. Thank you so much to Bolster Sleep Company for sponsoring the Girls' Night podcast. We are so grateful for you. All right, now without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Tasha. I love the thing you said about sitting in the negativity and sitting in the discomfort, because I think that that's what happens a lot of times. Not only in a moment where, like, let's say you spent $25 on dinner and it was totally wrong and it was like, it was just the wrong thing. You don't say anything about it. And really what you've wasted is $25 or a good meal or a great experience. But also it's more than that, because I know for me, like, if I don't speak up for myself, I think about it for a long time afterwards. Or if I say mm. yes to something I wanted to say no to, I'll feel guilty about it. Or I'll either feel angry at myself or guilty for not doing the thing I should have done for a long time. That reading that book, I mean, I stressed about that for hours and hours and hours and hours. And so that was more time that I could have been devoting to something, to something else, something better. And so it really isn't just about that moment. It's about the feelings leading up to it, the dread or the frustration or the, you know, conflict and the frustration at yourself or that I wish I would have done this differently or the guilt for not having done differently. 
that we feel afterwards. So I was shopping for wedding shoes um, when I was getting married several years ago, and I was shopping with my mom. And my mom has different opinions on fashion than I do. We just have different tastes. And my mom is great because she's not shy about saying what she likes. And sometimes I am. And that got me into a lot of trouble in this like situation. So we're going wedding dress or wedding shoe shopping. And we go to Nordstrom and we're looking at different shoes. And I decided I didn't want to wear heels because I was getting married in a garden. And I knew I would just like one, have my feet hurt and two, be like sinking into the ground everywhere. So I I knew I needed some sort of like flat situation. And my mom starts talking to the saleswoman and they basically were in total agreement with each other. And I just didn't say anything. (laughs) So they end up picking out this pair of shoes that was more than I wanted to spend. I didn't like them. They were these like sparkly flats, which for someone else in a different situation or for someone else's wedding, they would have been beautiful. It's just not what I wanted. And, but they're talking, telling me how great they are. And before I know it, my mom was like, she had an opinion, but the saleswoman was kind of pushy. And before I knew it, we were spending more money than I wanted to on shoes I did not like. And I sat there thinking about it for days and days and feeling so frustrated and like mad at the saleswoman and mad at myself and mad at the shoes and, and like just so frustrated at the situation. But it took me like probably a week or two to do something about it. And finally, what I ended up doing is I took them back. And the most embarrassing thing was that the saleswoman who had sold them to me was the one that I had to return them to. And she was like, oh, what happened? And I had to tell her. And I i mean, I had stewed over this for two weeks at this point. And so I finally said, these are not the shoes I want to get married in. And I'm so glad I finally said that. And I actually ended up getting married in flip-flops, which you could not see because my dress was very long and that's what I wanted. But I ended up getting married in flip-flops because that's what I wanted. But I just knew if I had gone ahead and spent that money on those shoes and bought those shoes, not only would I have spent more money than I wanted to on a pair of shoes for a pair of shoes I did not like and would not wear wear again, but they would also be in a whole bunch of photos. And I would always remember the fact that I let myself get talked into something I didn't want. And like all those photos would be just this constant forever reminder of the fact that I didn't stand up for myself. And I'm so glad that I finally did because there have been moments when I haven't. And it's the worst thing to see. I don't know if you're buying a car and the person who you're buying it from convinces you that you want like tan seats instead of black seats. And then every time you get in your car for the next 10 years, you own it. You're thinking, man, I really wanted black seats. Um, And it's just a small thing. The person wasn't like, the woman really wasn't offended. And even if she was, it's not her wedding. And, but what I think that we just really, at least I do or have, we let ourselves get tucked into things we don't want when really we can just state what we do want. And, and, and that's okay. Oh my goodness, Stephanie, you have the sweetest personality because I cannot even imagine being talked doing something that I wouldn't want on my own wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the thing that's tricky though is that sometimes we don't know what we want yet. So it's mm-hmm. like you're in a situation and you're just car shopping or you're just shoe shopping or whatever, and you you're still gathering information. So you don't have an opinion quite yet. I think that was the problem is that I hadn't formed an opinion of what I necessarily did want. And so when someone had a stronger opinion than me and came in and told me all the reasons it was right, I sort of like bent to their opinion because I hadn't formed mine yet. Does that make sense? I love what you just said. I think that that is a huge holdup for me. I think that it's a lot of like not knowing or not being a hundred percent sure what I want and just agreeing to something because 
someone else's opinion is so strong and someone else's feeling is so strong that I feel like I have to like bend or cater to it. It's even like when it comes to getting coffee with someone, like sometimes like I just feel like they want to do this so badly and I might not know exactly when I want to do it or have like an actual day that might work better that I'm just like, well, if this is what this person wants to do, then I'll just go to it. I'll just do this. If this is what you want me to have, I'll just eat this. And I think like understanding like in a way that we just have to like maybe like take a step back and just because someone else's opinion is so strong doesn't necessarily mean that that's our opinion. Yes. So I just remembered there's this like really amazing nugget of wisdom that I learned from my friend, Anne. And I think that she was saying a friend of hers consistently like double books herself because she loves people and she gets really excited about, you know, someone saying, Hey, do you want to get coffee or go to dinner or do this this weekend? So that they just say yes and yes and yes. And before they know it, they've booked like three things on the same weekend and have to go back and tell someone no, which by the way, saying yes and then no is actually more harmful to a relationship because it makes you seem flaky. It makes it so that the Mm. person can't trust you. It hurts their feelings more because all of a sudden they've carved out, maybe they said no to someone else because you said yes, or they got their hopes up or whatever. It's like that feeling. I don't know if this ever, like, it's like you get all ready for something. You like put on your makeup and you do your hair. And then all of a sudden the plans fall through and you just feel so dumb and frustrated that you like spent all this time getting ready and getting excited. It's just, it's so much better if someone Like if you didn't get ready, if you didn't get your hopes up, but, and we don't want to do that to people. So it's better to say no at the beginning. But so what my friend Ann told me is that when someone asks you to do something, this seriously changed my life. When someone asks you to do something, you say, that sounds like so much fun. I would love to do that. Let me go check my schedule and I'll get back to you tomorrow. Yeah. And I like, that is so game changing for me because Usually what I need is just a few minutes to decide. I need a few minutes to think about it when I'm not under pressure because I feel under pressure and I feel this pressure to please in that moment. I need a second to think about it. And so whether it's checking your schedule, whether it's checking your budget, you know, like, hey, let's go on this girl's trip this weekend. It's going to be $600, but don't worry about it. It'll be so fun. And you go, yes. And then you get home and go, I don't have $600 to spend on this. And then you feel that Mm. sick in your feel, sick feeling in your stomach. And you're so stressed out when really, if you would have said, that sounds like so much fun. Let me check on a few things. You don't have to say that it's your budget. You don't have to say what it is at all. Check with your husband, check with your friends, check your schedule, check with yourself. Like, do I want to go on a girl's weekend this weekend or do I need some time at home by myself? Just that ability. Like one, that's a really kind answer, a really polite answer. Like, I would love to. That sounds like so much fun. Let me go home and check my schedule and I'll get back to you tomorrow then you have some time to actually think about it. I think that that's such a good um, natural response to something because you don't have to tell people yes right in that moment. And then also you're not like leaving them hanging by not saying anything at all. Because sometimes if I like just leave something unread, I just are like, I haven't respond to it. I get that anxiety feeling where I'm just like, I just have to respond to it. And I will say yes. And then I will spend so much time regretting that I said yes. But just taking that moment to just say like, hey, read this or like, that sounds great. Let me let you know tomorrow what I can do or how we can handle it. And one thing that I have learned is that every time that I have done that, when I'm like, hey, this doesn't work for me this weekend, but I think a girl's trip at the end of the month sounds a lot doable. They're probably going to say, actually, that works better for me too. And it's so crazy how that in a strange way ends up working for both parties. I love that. I was talking to a friend of mine who was invited to a concert by a friend of hers. 
And my friend was like, she was like, I really like the friend, but I don't like the concert. I don't want to spend the money and I don't really have the time. And she was like, but I stressed about it and sweated over it for like a week trying to think about it and kind of wanting to say yes and feeling like, what is she going to think if I say no? Is she going to think I don't like her or something? Well, finally, she ends up saying no. And she she was like, it was so crazy. Instead of saying no and giving a bunch of excuses, which I tend to do, she just said, no, I'm not interested, but thank you so much for thinking of me. Like, period. That's all she said. And the friend wrote her back and said, actually, I don't really want to go to the concert either, but some of my friends really want to go. And so she said that she was trying to recruit friends that she really wanted to spend time with to make this concert she didn't want to go to better. And my friend was like, oh my gosh, like I almost said yes to something she didn't even care about thinking she cared about it when really everyone just needs to be honest. And if you want to go to the concert, go to the concert. And if you don't, let's hang out in a different space. People are so it's you're right. It's so amazing how things end up working out when we're just honest about what we need. Yes, I love that. And another thing, especially when we're talking about like checking schedules, I have a problem with I, like being an introvert and needing like to refill myself and like have me time. If someone asks me to do something and I do have space in my calendar, like I can have like like an like an hour and I'm just like exactly at that time. I don't have anything marked there. So I guess I should do it. I guess the stars aligned for me to be in this situation and like really understanding that like even if in that moment you have to like write in like detox time, you time, like schedule something so that you don't put yourself into those situations. I will constantly do that and just get so burned out. I love that you said that because that's the thing that is so like I mean, you guys are getting to hear that that decision-making, especially when it comes to spending time with people I love, is really hard. There's some like thing in psychology where it talks about the different kinds of decisions and the hardest decisions to make, the ones that are most stressful. And it's like a good, like a good option versus a bad option is not that stressful because obviously you take the good option. A bad option versus a bad option isn't all that stressful either because you're like, you're just picking like, you know, the best of the worst. But the thing that's the most stressful is like a really great option versus a really great option. It just feels like you have more to lose that way. And so I I really feel that when it comes to spending time with people I love, it's really stressful for me. Um, And it's something I've really been working on. But that is a moment that is so hard when I'm looking at my calendar and, and it happens a lot of times with like trips or weekends away, or can we come to visit or whatever. I'll look at our calendar and it'll be like, Carl's gone one weekend. I'm gone the next weekend. We have people in town and then we have one free weekend. And when friends I haven't seen in forever want to do something that weekend, I, and they say, are you free? It is so hard for me to like, it's so hard because I look at it and I am free that weekend, but also Carl and I have not been home in our house together on a weekend in a month. And we haven't had time to do our laundry or just sit around and do nothing. And I think that the idea that just because you don't have something on your calendar, it doesn't mean that you're free is so Mm. important. And I love your idea of writing like me time, detox time, and I'm getting better at that. I can really see myself getting better at that. Just like marking off days where like, just because it looks like I'm free does not mean I'm free. If you have something every other weekend, that fourth weekend does not mean that it's open. Actually, that weekend is just a time for you to be at home. Exactly. And it's all about like 
like kind of like that thing that you said about the, your tier of people. And like, I'm pretty sure Carl might be a, your top tier person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so in that, in that situation, it's like, I do, I would, I would love to see you and I would love to do something, but I also really need to spend time with my husband and just like be at home and do absolutely nothing. And that is okay. It really is okay. So Tasha, I don't know if you're like this at all, but I find myself being like, a bit of a rule follower. And and I think that actually having some rules and guidelines and really thinking through some things in advance helps me keep boundaries a lot better. If I have a rule for myself, it's just a lot easier for me to explain it to myself and explain it to somebody else. So if, for example, I say, this is not a thing, but like, uh, I don't go to, I don't go on coffee dates on Sundays. Well, if I've thought through that, that that's time for me and that's time for Carl and we're just at home or, you know, whatever that looks like, it's just so much easier for me to answer someone when they say, Hey, can you hang it on Sunday for me to say, no, I've, I've already thought through this. I've thought through this in advance. And so that's something that I've really tried to do in my own life is to, to make some different decisions, to think through and through it in advance. What do I need in this season? What do I need in a week? And it can change. Like speaking of going to, to Denver, there have been times when I've gone home and one of my best friends has just had a baby. And that week, I have to think through it in advance. Sort of my boundary, my, my rule for that week is that I am there to help her. I'm there because Mm. she had a baby and it is, that week is all about her. So, and I tell my mom that I tell my sister that I tell my dad that I will see you guys, but not nearly as much as I'm seeing her because this baby just got here and this is why I'm coming home. And having that rule kind of set in my head just brings me so much peace because then I don't have to feel like I'm ranking people. It's just in this season, in this week, in this three days, this is what's most important. And then, you know, I was home recently for my sister's wedding and it was like, you know what? All these other people I deeply love and would love to see, you guys are not going to be offended at all that you are not as important as my sister this week. And and it's like, no one's really offended. We all have to make decisions like this in our lives. And of course she's the most important. She's getting married. It doesn't need to be as stressful as I sometimes make it, but to just say like, this is the most important thing to me this week, or this is a season of this, or... This summer, these are some things I'm not doing. I'm not saying yes Mm. to. Um, These are some things just I'm blanket saying no to. This is what I need in this season. No travel for the next month or no random coffee dates or things like that. For sure. And I think like, like that saying where it's like, every time you say yes, you say no to something else is like, you know, will always like appear in like conversations like this. And so in these types of ways, like you need to kind of think if something's a pain point for you, you need to like reevaluate it and figure out exactly what you need to do. So I do have a lot of people who will message me to go and get coffee. Um, cause it's a mostly a lot of like your pick your brain kind of situations. Like they're starting to be a photographer. Um, and they really would like to meet. And I also am very empathetic because I, I remember when I first got started and how hard it was for someone to sit down and just talk to me. And I just really wanted to like get a leg up in competition. And, um, in those situations, like since that's something that happens to me frequently, I can't say yes to everything. I also really feel guilty about saying no to it all the time 
So instead, what I do is I have a certain day, like it's on a Tuesday, that I will go and I will meet coffee and get coffee with someone. So as long as it falls in on a Tuesday around this time, then like I will actually, if it's I don't have anything on that day, I'm like, hey, does this day work for you to get coffee? And if it doesn't work for them, like I don't try to like bend my schedule for it. I think there's a lot of times where we have certain days that we do things and that we also need to kind of put in other people's court that like if they want to do that, they should also also work on our schedules instead of me bending to their schedule, Mm -hmm. um, I think is a really important boundary and something I really had to learn. Um, So yeah, like if you have a certain thing that's constantly happening that you're constantly feeling yourself say yes to, and you want to put a boundary, like think of a day of the week in a certain time that you can comfortably say yes. It's almost like when you're doing like a financial budget where you're like, I feel so good about using my debit card on this really expensive dinner and buying it for everybody because I've saved for this. So it's like you're saving time to like invest in other people and other things. I love that so much. And I think in all of this, like we're thinking about ourselves a lot. We're thinking about our schedules and what we need and it can feel really selfish. But I Mm -hmm. think the thing is, you know, when you're on an airplane, we've taught, you know, we hear about this all the time. They tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone else's. And the reason is, and I can't remember how many seconds or minutes it is, but at some point you're going to pass out from last, lack of oxygen. So if you mm-hmm. haven't gotten there, if you haven't gotten your mask on, you might not be able to get someone else's mask on before you have passed out. Like you cannot help someone after a certain point. Um, and so part of that is, part of this is that it's, it's saying, you know, I can only really truly be present and, and there for so many people. And I hate that. I was, I want (laughs) my tank to be infinite, but it's not, it really runs out sometimes. And I can't be there. I can't love the people that, that are in my life to love my husband, my family, my best friends, my people. I can't love them if I, if I don't take the time to get the oxygen that I need. And so part of it's that, but I think the other thing is that we really can love people better when we're taking care of ourselves. That's something that I, I heard, I think Brene Brown wrote about this in one of her books one time. She said she has this kind of rule for herself that when she's speaking somewhere, which she does a ton, that she wants her own room. And Mm. she, I think was hired to speak by this conference and, and they asked her if they could bunk her up with somebody else. And she said she she did not want to be a diva. She didn't want them to think that she was selfish or anything like that. And so she just said like, sure, even though that was a boundary she had for herself that she needed some time by herself. She needed to make sure she was getting a good night's sleep. She needed some room to unpack, to practice her talk. She needed some space, which totally makes sense when you're about to get up on a giant stage in front of a lot of people. But she didn't want to come across as a diva. And so she said, like, sure, don't worry about it. And her story about the person she ended up sharing a room with is like just unbelievable. And the only thing I remember from it is I think that this girl was sitting on a couch, like an old antique, gorgeous couch in this hotel room, eating a donut. She has chocolate all over her hands. I think she might have been smoking in the room too. Um, but I so think she, she, was. she was. Yeah. So she's like yeah. smoking in the room and then she's eating a donut or something like that. And she has chocolate all over her hands. And then Brene Brown watches this girl wipe the chocolate from her hands all over the couch. And she's sitting there just going, what is happening? And, and I think that it, like her point in the whole thing was that 
one, she was not, I don't think, very kind to the girl she was sharing a room with because she was so frustrated and because her boundary had been crossed so far. And and she was like, I would have just been able to love her so much better if I had had the space that I knew I needed. And I would have done better on stage if I had had the space that I needed. And so I think that's the other thing. Like, not only do we run out of what we need if we don't have the space and the time and the like care that we need, but also we're not able to do the things that are ours to do in the world. When you're saying like, I only get coffee with someone on Tuesdays, it's not because you're sitting around being selfish on the other days. It's because you're doing the things that God has created you to do in the world. And because you're spending time with the people that he has given you to love in the world on the other days. And so I think that that's important to remember is like when we're not when we're saying no to one person or when we're saying a very boundaried yes, like I can give something in this context at this time, we're not being cruel. We're making space for the things that we know because we've thought through it in advance are more important for us to do. Does that make yes, any sense? Yes. And of course, because you're what you're saying is that you're showing up as your very best self and you're not showing up with resentment. And that's the thing that's so hard in those situations is that when you go to something and you show up somewhere and you already kind of don't want to be there, like you've already kind of like had to turn down something or you're already like not in the right headspace, you're not going to be your very self. And you are going to have a little bit of resentment towards that person who is like completely innocent in this situation. And like, that's just, it's just not fair. And I just know that when someone asks me to do something and I am there a hundred percent and I'm committed, I everything works out in both of our favors. And like, that's what it's all about. I think that we're sort of leading people on um, and also kind of leading Mm. people into a trap when we're not honest. If you are hanging out with someone that you don't have the space or the bandwidth to be friends with or to pour into or whatever the request is, when you're just giving, when you're giving scraps and you're, and yeah, you're feeling resentment about or resentful of them, you're not able to like, you're also kind of doing the thing about like not telling the person that you don't like horror books, you know, it's leading (laughs) someone on like, and you're going to have to tell them later. I don't actually have the space that I made you think that I do, or, um, I don't actually have the bandwidth. I I just, we're we're leading people into a trap. People, we want people to be honest with us. Like, tell me Mm -hmm. if something I do, if I got something wrong, please tell me so that I can fix it. Or if you need something from me, please communicate with me. Or if you don't have time to do this, please tell me so that I'm not totally putting you out by asking. I think that we we really do think, I've spent a long time thinking that the kindest thing I can do for people is to say yes. But I think a lot of times the kindest thing we can do for people is to say an honest no. I love what you just said, especially talking about how when you are in a situation where you kind of set a boundary, it also gives your friend and the other person permission to set boundaries as well. And that just really builds the conversation and the friendship in the relationship so much more. I had um, a friend who had asked me if on Saturday I would go to the farmer's market with her. And I said, like, yes, of course, I would love to do that. I haven't seen you in a while. Really want to spend time with you. And um, the evening before going to the farmer's market, she was like, I really have been working so much and just haven't had a slow morning and I really just want to sleep in. Is that okay? And I was just kind of like, I am so thankful that she was honest with me about that because now I feel comfortable if she asked me to do something and I wasn't necessarily in the right space for it, that I could return the favor and just tell her like, hey, could we postpone this? And it's just giving that permission to like the people around you to be their true selves is so important. 
I love that. I think that I've gotten to see that modeled by some of my favorite writers, actually. One of my Mm. favorite authors is Shauna Nyquist. And I've heard her talk about this a lot, that just the way that she carves out time and, and makes space for her most important people. And my guess would be that she doesn't go to coffee with random people very often. Maybe she used to, maybe before she had kids or maybe before her life got crazier or whatever. But like, I've gotten to read her words a lot about saying no to a lot of things. And the way that she says no is really beautiful. She'll say something like, you know, this is a really worthy and wonderful thing and I would love to be a part of it or I would love to get coffee with you or I'd love to, yeah, speak here. But in this season of life, I'm really prioritizing time for my family and for my friends and for rest thank you so much for understanding and and I wish you the best. And I love that because at first, if you got that response, you may feel kind of disappointed. Of course you would. But at the same time, you feel like she's setting an example of rest and she's setting an example mm. for what it looks like to prioritize your most important people. And I love that. I just think that watching watching her do this and watching women who are stepped like way ahead of me do this, women I know in real life and women who I just love their words, has given me the permission to do that in my own life. And and it's just, it's really important when we don't prioritize the most important things and people in our life, our lives fall apart. And yeah, I think there are so many quotes about how we're always going to be disappointing someone. You know, there's always going to be someone who's disappointed in us or with us, something we, we you know, we wish we could have done and we couldn't do. But I think that it's really important to decide who we're going to disappoint. And for me, like I need to be disappointing people I don't know very well or people who Mm. aren't already in my life far more often than I need to be disappointing Carl. Mm. If I don't disappoint anybody, then that means I'm always doing things with other people and I never see my husband and that's when my life falls apart. Mm. We're always going to be disappointing someone. We just have to decide. We have to just disappoint the right people. And I think that that's what I've gotten to learn from lots of women ahead of me and and from reading like Shana Nyquist's words a lot. Just, you know what? I'm so sorry. This is such a great thing and I would love to in any other season. But right now, I'm really prioritizing this. And that gives us freedom to do the same. Yes. And also if you're listening um, to this and you feel as though that you're kind of like, you are good at always being the yes person. Like you, you know, you're also, you go at set, setting boundaries and you can be around just like a lot of energies and stuff. Um, often when someone does express like a boundary to you is to not necessarily be disappointed because it doesn't necessarily mean that it has anything to do with you. It's never personal. Like usually when I tell people, no, it's not anything personal. And to just like also tell them like, thank you for being honest. Anytime when I tell my friends like something where if we're going to the same place, I love to drive by myself. And I will just say like, hey, like driving by myself to this location is a huge thing for me because it kind of like gets me prepared to be around a lot of people. My friends who have actually respected that and say like, hey, thanks for being honest about it, just means so much to me. It's just like, oh, I can be myself. And it just means a lot. I think the other thing is like telling people the truth. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think that we're tempted to to like gloss over something or explain it away. Like I didn't read the book because I didn't have time. Okay, well, part of that was true, but I also knew that it wasn't best for me. And yeah, maybe that's a harder conversation to have. But like if if in that moment you said, I need to drive by myself because then maybe I need to go someplace after and run errands or whatever. Yes. We think we're being kinder by giving some sort of explanation that sounds like it's not personal, but really your true explanation 
is not personal at all. And, and I think it gives other people the freedom to enjoy that same thing, to also tell you what they need. And that brings the relationship closer because you know each other better. You know how to love each other better. So true. And I love the thing about not giving the false excuses because I was false excuse queen and I've always backed myself into a corner because if I was like, oh, I have to go to the grocery store and run all these errands and and, uh, the X, Y, Z's, someone will have this very logical thing where it's like, well, we could do all of it. And I'm like, well, now I'm in a corner. I have no idea how to get out of it. And when I can just be honest, and it's kind of even with this situation where we kind of started the conversation where we're talking about um, the dinner situation and um, where in that moment, you use the excuse where you were like, oh, I don't want to move tables because I don't want to make the server upset. And that was you know, everyone went around that. However, if we would have just been selfish in that moment and just been like, we never really get to see each other and we just want to squeeze every moment we can together, there's no way around it because it's the truth. I love that so much. And that's 100% what I should have done. And really, like that just brings me back to the, the truth that sometimes what we lose in the process of this is like not that big of a deal. I mean, it was actually a big deal for us to miss out on that dinner together. That was a pretty big deal. Sometimes it's a cup of coffee. Sometimes it's, you know, I mean, there are all different like levels of ways this can Mm. look, you know, I mean, you talking about being at work and needing to set that boundary with your boss, but they're all important. They're all important. It's, I think that the the crux of it is just valuing our voice and our needs and listening to ourselves. Cause that's what it comes down to first is taking the time to check in with ourselves to say, Hey, like, what do you need today? And then advocating for ourselves, getting the thing that we need, taking care of ourselves, not only because we're worthy of that care and love from ourselves, but also because we can do so many other things in the world for other people. We can love people better. We can do the things that we were created to do when we are taken care of. And so I think it's just important. I think it's important for us to learn our own voices and to practice using them. And also, I think it was a really important thing for me to learn that when I say no to a relation, when I say no to something in a relationship or when I say something, when I like speak up for myself in a relationship that doesn't break the relationship, it brings it even closer because the resentment mm. that can crop up after years of shoving ourselves down, that's what ends up breaking the relationship instead of just saying, Hey, I can't do this today, but maybe next week that actually brings us closer. Gosh, this has been such a huge lesson for me, Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that. And like, kind of like, as Carl said, like, take up your space. Like you are here and you deserve to be here and whatever that looks like, just take up your own space. Tasha, thank you so much for being here and for talking to me about this. I just love you. And I'm so glad we get to learn this together. And y'all, I'm so glad that we get to be in this with you too. This is not perfect. And I don't think any of us will ever be a hundred percent perfect at this, but we're all growing and we're learning that our voices matter and we're learning how to take care of ourselves and speak up for ourselves. And I hope this is helpful and, and that it encourages you in your journey with this too. You guys, isn't Taja amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation and I'm so glad I got to share it with you. So that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It doesn't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take one quick second to ask you for a favor. Friends, if you've enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night listener for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. 
So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Friends, thank you so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I will see you next week.